welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're in episode 35, take two. Take two? Take two. What just happened? Yeah, well, that was my fault. So- no, no, no. I'm not here to lay blame, but I give you context here. This episode is dropping in three hours, right? Something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's, it's dropping today. We usually record like several days ahead of, of when we release. This one, we're recording same day. We got about half hour into our podcast, and I, uh, I realized I forgot to hit the record button. It's okay. That is that's a that's a fail fail of the week. No, right no, no, there. no, no, no. I see. I didn't bring it up for that reason. I'm just bringing it up because this is just going to be a more polished episode. Yeah, either yeah, hopefully at least the first half hour. Well, but but that is assuming we would be able to like actually have that same conversation, which was really good. Yeah, you know? Don't, don't so. say that because now everybody out there is going to be like, what did we miss out on? Oh, yeah. You'll never know. I mean, we'll do our best to, I don't want to say recreate. We'll, 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 we'll talk about the same things, but, but yeah, it's going to be a bummer because, you know, it's, it's, it's not as fresh. No, but we want to let you guys know, like, it's kind of like in reselling or anything else. Sometimes you have those moments where you just got to reset. Got to reset. You got to reset. It's good. Right? Yeah. And you got to stay positive and you got to stay motivated because, you know, we're, we're kind of in a little time crunch right now. Self-imposed, but... Yeah, we want to make sure that you get the content that, that we promise to get to you on a timely manner and... On every Wednesday. So if you're new to us and you have this is the first time you listen to our podcast or recently, because we've been getting questions, you know, when's the next episode dropping? We drop every episodes every Wednesday. Mm. So, and we try to drop them as early as possible. Obviously, today's episode will probably drop later in the afternoon. Right? I hope That's so. Right. Yeah. And we try to drop with the YouTube and Anchor and Spotify and iTunes all at about the same time. So just, you know, keep watch. Yeah. And thank you so much. If you've been listening to our, our show, we, we really appreciate all of your support. And I can't believe we're on episode 35. 35. And we hit 1K on YouTube subscribers. Yeah. Right. Thank you guys no, so much. No, seriously. We are so great. I mean, when we hit that thousand, we're like, I can't believe this. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is one of those things that see, we didn't talk about this in the other, we didn't in the classified file, (laughs) but think about it, Mike, we, I honestly thought we were just going to be like in a basement somewhere Mm. talking to ourselves and maybe we'd get like "Ah, 20 people listening, but you know, it's been awesome knowing that there's thousands of listens a week and YouTube subscribers just, it's been great. So thank you guys. We are so humbled and grateful. Mm. Yeah. It's been amazing. All right, so so let's uh let's let's catch up. <laughs> okay, let's catch. How have things been for you? <laughs> uh, things have been good. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of I'm in this weird space because actually, you know, during the previous recording, uh, my tax preparer mm. uh, called me and and I, I looked over and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I got to meet. And so what's been good is I've actually see we didn't talk about this last time, so this is good. I actually have been good about my bookkeeping. I'm not done yet, but I'm still catching up. And I'm so thankful for having a program like GoDaddy Bookkeeping. Mm. Uh, Just because all I had to do, I forgot that there was, (laughs) this is a big forgot, that uh, one credit card I hadn't fully synced Mm. into the system. And once I did, I categorized all that spending. And then again, I was able to have other deductions like cost of goods Mm. and shipping and, and all that. So... So been catching up on that because that's one of the things I remember last episode I talked about I wanted to get done. Now, just uh, aside from, you know, what we were going to work on from last time was I had major fears uh, having to buy a new car. My car died. That's it's a sadder thing than I think people realize. Like 
that that car was like old faithful, man. Like, it was. It. I mean, I had it for like you know four or five years. I can't remember, but I made it to two hundred eighty six thousand miles, which was nice. And I wanted it to get to 300K, but it didn't make it. But that changed the reselling game, right? Remember how many times did I pull up with a car full of stuff? I mean, it was, yeah, it was nice. Like, like completely full. And and I, I ended up selling, I had a small little uh, Mazda um, Mazda 3 and we got rid of it. And now I drive the 4Runner that we had. My wife got a Subaru. And I don't think I could go back to like a sedan or a hatchback just because I, I need the space. Like it's important. And you like your Honda Pilot so much that you got a, another one, right? Like, and I got an older one with that's boxier, just because I like the more the the space that I get out of the boxier model. So, so hey, maybe that's something. Let us know what is what is your reselling vehicle? What or what modifications to your vehicle do you make? <laughs> modifications, yeah. Like, <laughs> you take an import and modify. Anyways, all right. Well, okay. So here's the story. So, and this is not part of our random story segment, but. I was concerned because this was the first time I was trying to buy a car as a full-time reseller. Mm. Like, you know, it, it, it was a little scary because, you know, they asked me, like, what do you do for a living, right? And so on on the paper, I wrote e-commerce, mm. right? And I'm like, oh, you know, like, this is kind of weird. Like, Didn't didn't we decide on professional treasure hunter? Yeah, okay. Like I better- don't know if that would have worked oh. on, okay. But here's what I learned. So I did make sure I had everything. So part of the bookkeeping was recognizing that bookkeeping wasn't just important for taxes, but it was important. It's kind of like I heard, I think Portland Pickers on Instagram said this. It's kind of like your resume Mm. when you go in for a loan, right, to get pre-approved. And so I had my tax returns. I had my profit loss data from GoDaddy Bookkeeping. I had everything ready to go. But you know what was the winner? And not, 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 not saying this to brag or anything, but credit score. It's huge, man. Like I, I, I remember I had talked about this few podcasts ago where my credit score died because of Toys R Us. Mm. Well, not because of Toys R Us. It was my fault. But, you know, in June of last year, I had made all these major purchases and I waited till Q4 to sell that stuff. And so I didn't make all that money back and pay off that balance and that balance carried and my credit score kept tanking. So you went into debt because of Toys R Us? Yes. Like, do you get the irony there? Like, uh, okay. to- yeah. Toys R Us closed because of its debt. No, I know, I know. But, you know, I'm thankful. And here's the thing. Toys R Us is supposedly coming back again. This is probably, like, the fourth news cycle about this. This is this time, is it for real? Like, they're well, really coming back? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's look for real. I went to their website, and they're talking about opening smaller stores, and they want to make, like, a, I guess, a more interactive environment in their store. Huh. Like a... Like a discovery museum, something. Like, I mean, it'd be cool. Think about it. It'd be like a free, like free theme park for your kids. Mm. <laughs> if, it, if it's that what would be genius. Be. Yeah, if they had like tables set up where kids could actually play with the toys before they bought them, like their sample toys out, and they could they, just run around and play with toys. And then they'd be like, "Mom, I need this toy." Yeah. See, yeah, and then genius. Toys R Us could sponsor us, and there we go. It would work. This like because we came up with that idea, that, like, that that idea right there, that right, we'll sell it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's okay. Moving we'll, on, but anyways, I the, the the irony about this Toys R Us thing is, think about it. Like it closed, and a lot of people did well off of it, and mm-hmm. now they're Toys R Us trying to rebrand themselves. There's a part of me that thinks there's just conspiracy here. Do you see conspiracy here? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd call it conspiracy, but I feel like businesses do a lot of shady stuff and I don't even know if shady is the right thing, but, but they know how to manipulate the system too. And there's, there's ways I feel like for taxing or various things to be able to file bankruptcy, 
liquidate and then still use the branding, which is really the most valuable thing they own, mm -hmm. right? And and restart and basically get a fresh start and, and kind of dump off like mistakes they've made in the past, start over and um, either under a different company, different investors, different parent company, who knows, but it happens all the time. I mean, that's, that's what makes a lot of businessmen really, really wealthy is they, they buy up companies that are failing, um, liquidate all the stuff and then kind of re revamp it. And then now they've got, you know, this huh. company they bought at pennies at the dollar. Yeah, so I, I just I think it's interesting because I'm like, how many times are we going to hear this, right? We well, Supposedly there were supposed to be stores in November. That never happened. And then there was supposed to be Jeffrey's Toy Box. And now there's a new news story that it's happening soon. Hmm. So if there's anything, they're definitely very, very skilled at creating like anticipation. Yeah, some hype. Some hype. All right, so going back to this. So. It was kind of strange. It was, you know, I'm I'm there and I'm applying for this for this loan, and in the end, it was just like, you know, you go to Amazon, you get auto approved to be ungated. Mm -hmm. It was the same thing, like instantly approved. Like I had the paperwork, but they didn't really ask for the paperwork, you know. And I was I was happy. I will tell you because I was really concerned. Like, how am I going to explain away my profits? I mean, I do have it all on paper, but you know. I don't know. I think maybe it's because the economy is doing really well. I think entrepreneurship is really popular right now. So I'm sure I'm not the only person that didn't have like a, you know, nine to five job coming in trying to get approved. Yeah. Or not alone. I think cars specifically are, are very much um, credit, credit based. I know housing is very, very different. It's they there's so many restrictions that on that. Um, cars, I feel like it's a little bit easier. Even people who don't have jobs, kids can come in and, and almost with no credit can, can sometimes get car. I, it makes me think of, and, and I have, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but I watched a, um, I watched, I don't know, some TV shows years and years ago. I was in like the break room at work and it was on. And I remember I could not stop laughing and it was Sinbad. You remember Sinbad? Yeah. Okay. So Sinbad is sitting and he's got his son with him and he's at a car dealer and he's, um, like, picking out a car for his son and the dealer like leaves and he's like, all right, we're going to go run your, your credit. And so then Sinbad looks at the, the camera and this is like a documentary, like they're following him around and this is like real life. This is oh, really this him. is yeah, legit. This isn't, this isn't, yeah, this isn't not uh, like a sitcom. No, it's not a sitcom. This is like, this is him like, okay. like talking about his life. It's yeah. like a Cribs type show, but different because it's like a where are they now type of yeah. thing. Anyway, so he looks at the camera and he's like, my credit's terrible. Like they're, they're not going to prove me. Right. And so... The guy comes back in and they sure enough, like all the stuff on the paperwork's blurred out, but like, they're like, uh, so we don't really like, you know, your credit's like really bad. Like we can't approve, you know, for this car. And so Sinbad looks at him and goes, what if I just gave you cash for it? And the guy's like, yeah, if you've got cash. So Sinbad pulls out this duffel bag and literally takes out like three bags, like see-through poly bags and just drops cash on the table. And he goes there. I don't need a credit score. And then the guy's like, oh, okay. And then, so then he's looking at the camera later on. And he goes, I could have just wrote a check, but it wouldn't have the same emotional impact as dropping the cash on the want, table. You know what? But don't you want to do that as a reseller? Like, here's my profit. Yep, oh, yep. but here we go. Cash. The, the, you know, and that, that was also a struggle. Like I, I wanted to keep capital. Like I didn't want to spend capital. I mean, I did spend some capital on the car because it's now it's an official business expense. Mm -hmm. It's a business vehicle. Uh, but <laughs> that's a great story. So anyway, so if you're out there, you know, I think one of the things that isn't discussed a lot in, in the reselling community is credit score. 
uh, and it's huge. And and I know, especially in the FBA world, there's a lot of use of credit cards, but you got to make sure you pay off those balances every month because it definitely will help. And what helped me was, yeah, my credit score, it didn't tank, but it definitely went, you know, really, eh, it, went, it went down about 200 points. And paying all that off during Q4 and waiting about a month for things to settle rebounded it all back. Mm. So just something to think about, like credit is still king. Your credit score is still king. And I think it's going to be even more important if we end up in a recession. Mm. So it's just something to think about. So what about you? What's been going on with you? Um, you know, I mean, things have been okay. I mean, I remember last, last episode I was, I had, <laughs> you're kind of down about yeah. not sourcing, not listing. I had the dreary wearies. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like a little book that I read my son. The dreary wearies. And he's, yeah, spreading the dreary <laughs> wearies all. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's been good. It's been an interesting couple of weeks or a month. I feel like in San Diego, because we'll go all week long with no rain and it like, everything looks great. And then forecast Friday night is rain Saturday morning. Oh, I know. It was like 38 degrees and raining this past Saturday. It was crazy. Which in San Diego, that's a big deal. It's huge. It's, and and so obviously nobody's going to be outside doing garage sales. And that's that's what I live for. I, I I guess I shouldn't say I live for, but my favorite part of reselling is garage sales. Thrift stores, they're fun. Um, retail arbitrage, wah, not, yeah, not super exciting yeah. for me. Garage sales is, is the excitement. That's the rush. That's the adrenaline rush for me. And I just haven't been able to go for a while, so I've been bummed about that. But um, we did buy another one of those boxes of clothes returns from you know some some big box stores, and um, it uh, it's been good, like being able to be listing items again and not have to worry about sourcing and just have those items, be listing them and 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 getting those sales on eBay. So okay, so give me context because I know you bought. Was it like four months ago? Mm. You bought, you did the same thing, right? Yeah. Like four or five months ago, I bought a box of a hundred clothing items. Okay. Um, and they were all either customer returns or, um, shelf pulls. And so the hardest part was they all had like clearance stickers on them. And I'm trying to get all those clearance stickers off because I want to take a picture of like the price and what it was really worth yeah. before, you know, it says five ninety nine for clearance. Cause it's like been clearance 20 times before it actually gets pulled from the shelf. Uh, so this time we just went through and cut those, uh, Okay. Cut the clearance all right. off, okay. all the way okay. off that part. But um, yeah, so we we haven't sold all of the items from that first box, but we're, we're getting close to the break-even point. Okay. And so that has given us the, I guess, the courage that we needed to say like, okay, we're going to break even on this box. And over the next year or two years or three years, the rest of the items from this box will sell. Okay. And it's all going to be a profit. So we're like, we can either wait until they all sell and then have enough money from them to buy another box or we just invest in another one, right? And we keep this going where if every month or two we get another of these boxes that come in and if it takes, let's say, five to six months for that box to get to the break-even point and then another year or two before you net all the profit off of it, hey, if you're doing that every month, that pipeline builds pretty quickly. And before long, the total revenue coming in is going to far surpass what the cost of a new box is for a month. Okay. No, and it's interesting that you say that because somebody had DM me on Instagram, like, do I buy whole trucks? Right. And I'm not at that level. And and there's a part of me, as much as, you know, I like the convenience, I do like getting out there too. Mm. You know, I think if I w- didn't have the ability to get out there, I I, I think I'd, I would just not want to be a reseller anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it's, that's huge. It's 
I, there, there's a, like a two way, right? Yeah, no, it's it's super important because honestly, like sourcing is the the, the part that's kind of life giving for me. Uh, my wife doesn't mind doing the listings and the pictures, so like we're a good team as far as that goes. Yeah, but you need her sourcing. She was like your hustle of the week, like gosh, in like four po- four po- eh, excuse me, four po- Wow, I can't see podcast. Paul Paul Bulldog. <laughs> four podcast hustle of the week. Have been your wife. I know. You need she's her been, out there with she's you. She's been crushing it. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe we need to switch roles. Like maybe. Maybe I enjoy sourcing, but she's just better at it than I am. But I she loves know. the listing part. I mean, she does. Th- that that's a blessing in itself. Yeah. Like, and I don't some even people know. Can't stand. I don't that. know. I don't know if it's so much that she loves it, but she doesn't mind doing it. Whereas, like for me to do it, it's like pulling my hair out or pulling the hair teeth. that you don't have. Yeah. It's the so your worst. beard out. I'm just yanking on my beard. <laughs> well, I, I think that's part of human nature, though, right? Like, don't we always I feel like we tend to put off the things that are really like important or that we should do. And we kind of put those off and, and like, I'm just thinking for myself. So I'm an English teacher and I will, when it comes to grading essays, I would rather do anything. I'd rather oh, pick up, do- I'd rather pick up dog poop in the backyard and scrub toilets <laughs> inside the house and just do anything else you can think of any chore, anything that I would normally not want to do, I would rather do that. So like I'm, I'm making excuses and doing all these things that aren't quite as important just because there's this thing that like I don't enjoy and I don't want to do. Um, and so, yeah, listing can be that. But like, have you heard the, the don't eat the frog thing? I read the book. A while back, a while back. Okay. So this is like super simple, like really easy. Like if I were to teach, like, are we going to offend some people by talking about eating frogs? No, I don't think so. Okay. I, I hope gonna, not. I yeah. just, you know. I right. mean, I know there's people who like like frog legs, which is cool, but I don't think there's very many people who like will take a full frog and just eat it. Yeah. I couldn't even do the frog legs. Yeah. I've done escargot. That that mm-hmm. was pretty rough. Huh. I haven't. So anyways. Okay. Keep moving on. So, so the, it comes from an old proverb <clears throat> from um, some, I, I'm not 100% sure what the culture was, but but the proverb was essentially this. First thing you do in the morning that you should do is eat a frog. Or like it might have even been more intense, like eat a hairy frog no, I remember or something this. ridiculous. Yeah. You know? And so the idea behind that proverb was, is if the first thing you do every day is the hardest thing, the hardest task, like the thing in the day, which you don't want to do, you'll put it off. That's the one thing you'll procrastinate all day long. If you do that first, then that, that breeds like more motivation, right? Like motivation breeds motivation. So you do one task, you get that done. And if it's the hardest task, then the rest of your day, it's easy. You can just thing after thing you can get done and, and, and it's not hanging over your head. So, um, I've, you know, been trying to, to implement that as I've had this kind of down attitude about reselling just because I've been so busy. Um, I start noticing there's some frogs that I haven't been eating. And if I just get that done, then the next task is a little easier to do. And the next task, so like motivation leads to more motivation. Yeah, exactly. And kind of like we talked about last week with the quote of the week, which was, um, you know, it's, it's, it's acceleration that's more important than velocity. So like being on cruise control, even if cruise control where you're at reselling is is good, like if you're making money and you kind of, if you up it a notch and you kind of accelerate a little bit, that's going to create the momentum and the excitement that you need to take it to the next level. And that, and I just want to bring that up. Like even though things haven't been great for you as far as like sourcing and listing over the last few weeks, you still were having sales. Yep. Yeah. Sales have been good. Right. And Cause you're, you're still being active, not as right. active as you wanted, but you had already built that pipeline mm-hmm. and, and you're not even at 500 listings yet. And you're still, are you saying you're having consistent sales or is it not, I'm not saying daily, but like, yeah, no, it's definitely, it's consistent. We're, we're definitely out in our, uh, in our work area, 
packing several times a week. So okay. yeah, we're, we're selling. And so if you're new, you know, there's always this idea of like, hey, I bought this and it hasn't sold. And we always want to remind people that you got to build that pipeline. You have mm. to build that inventory. I, you know, there's two ways to look at it. It's either one is you buy things that are really hot that people are going to want right away. Mm. Right. So like a lot of the hype stuff like Supreme or like makeup's a big deal mm. now and stuff like that. Or you have enough inventory that you have. And I would say a diversified inventory where you're reaching to different groups of buyers and you will end up having consistent sales. Yeah. As long as, you know, you price right and all that good stuff. So. Okay, well, that's good. I mean, yeah. that's encouraging to hear. Yeah. So I'm moving kinda, in the right direction. I'm kind of in the same boat because, you know, I remember I had talked about uh, two podcasts ago in our update podcast that I had all like this money sitting around. Like mm-hmm. I had dual decks and I had business phones and I decided to finally take action. And, you know, what was nice is I had all these business phones and they were ranked really low on Amazon. I packed them, I bubble wrapped them, I sent them out. And they sold within a day of being in the warehouse. Nice. Right? So we're talking so about- they were sitting there for a while at your yeah, place. I had like, yeah, one to 2K just sitting there, right? That had I taken action, had I eaten that frog, yep. <laughs> I would have had that income earlier. Yep. Which in the end, I'm, I'm thankful I did it. So it motivated me that, hey, I need to get after those kind of used electronics that have been sitting around that I haven't sent into the warehouse. Mm. Right, because if you do Amazon, there's two things that really can stand sending in for FBA. One is used electronics mm. because it's a lot of work. You got to test it, you got to clean it, you got to make sure all the parts are there. Then you got to bubble wrap it, then you got to label it, and so on. And then there's apparel. Oh, apparel on Amazon, it's just, you know, you gotta, you gotta make sure it's folded nice. You put it in the poly bag, you seal the poly bag, you got to put a label on it. Mm. And, you know, it's way different than you know getting a board game. You know, right. you scan it. And sometimes, depending if you do the commingling or not, you know, sometimes you got to put a label, sometimes you don't, and you just put it in the box and you send it. It's a lot different world. So, mm. but again, yeah, I agree. Like once those items showed up, I was like, I need to do more of this. Yep. So 100% agree. See, I, I've, quotes of the week have grown on me a little bit here. It's, was it's that exciting. your quote of the week, eat the frog? Yeah, I think I think that'll work as my quote of the week. Quote of the week slash lesson of the week, eat the frog. And then the the extension of that is if you've got multiple frogs, eat the biggest, baddest, ugliest one first. Wow. Okay. Yep. So, hey, tell us in the comments below, you know, how have you chosen to eat the frog lately? Yeah. And, and I don't know if, I that. don't know if I actually articulated really well that like the whole point of the frog is that's, that's, if, if you eat a frog, nothing else that happens to you that day is going to be worse than that. Right. No, it's kind of the idea, right? Like yeah. if you eat a frog... The rest of your day, no matter what happens, like at least it's not a frog, right? Like, so eat that frog first because nothing else, the rest of the day is going to be easy. It's all going to be downhill from there. Okay. Eat that frog. Eat the frog. All right. So the other thing was I was talking about setting up a reselling schedule. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you find it hard? Just because, you know, in reselling, there's always that deal, right? There's. You, you, you know, somebody texts me or, or I see something on IG or I, you know, I hear something or, and I got to drop everything I'm doing. Now, I will say I do have some kind of reselling schedule. Like, and we had talked about in our, <laughs> in our previous unknown episode that will never air that, you know, I do have some kind of schedule, right? And I, I don't know if some of you that are full-time do this. Like I source all morning and then in the afternoon is where I pack and I ship before I have to go pick up my kids. Uh, or I end up label on eBay, or sometimes I wait at night and everyone's in bed and I throw on some Netflix and I start listing. But 
I don't know. I'm struggling going, hey, I'm only going to do eBay sourcing. I'm only going to do Amazon sourcing on this day. It's just tough. Mm. So, I mean, and even yourself, like you struggle even part-time doing the schedule, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's been really tough. I mean, I mean, everybody has commitments, you know, it's one of those things where it's easy. I, I've, as I've gotten older and, and, you know, hopefully matured a little, one of the things I've noticed is it's, it's easy to think that like your situation is unique and that you're, you're the only one that's overworked and, and, and okay. don't have time. And as I meet more people and hear their stories, it's like, you know, there's a lot of people dealing with a lot of things and they're taking a lot on. And so, um, you know, I, I say that to mean that I, I, I think almost all of our listeners in one way or another is going to relate, right? Like they have, you have your own time commitments and time constraints and, and, you know, whether it's, it's family, another job or something. And, and yeah, it, it's tough to try and have a schedule. I think it's important to be disciplined and to have some kind of structure, um, so that you're not completely just, if you're not aiming at anything, you'll never hit it, right? So you got to have something guiding your path. And I think a schedule is a, a good basic way of doing that, of saying like, okay, Mondays are my picture days, Tuesdays are my sourcing days, Wednesdays, but that doesn't always work in your week. And I think you need to have, I need, I think you need to have a target and a goal, but you also need to be flexible enough to know that you can't be so rigid that you, your, your whole life breaks if you can't make that happen. No, I agree. Especially in reselling, like you have to be able to flex. I mean, whether you have to flex on, you know, the market because the market isn't, you know, having the same results or you have to flex on, you know, eBay changes their policy on something, Amazon, like you definitely got to flex. I think, I think you're using, you got to flex instead of be flexible you got to flex because yeah, like I, I think typically when someone says you're going to flex on something, it's kind of like, what? Like, well, I don't you're know. like, you're really? like, I, I don't use to flex that. on something is like, okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Cause you were, I mean, you basically just said you need to flex on eBay and I mean, if you gotta be careful doing that, you man. gotta be flexible on eBay. Gotcha. That okay. makes sense. All right. Let's clarify. Otherwise you got to flex on eBay. All right. <laughs> All right. Give me some, give, give me a random story. What, share share with me one of your random stories from the week. Um, well, I mean, I don't have tons. One that kind of I don't know I don't know how random it is, but it kind of got under my skin a little bit. Went to a um, so Saturday it was there was rain, so I wasn't able to go to garage selling. So I went to a few thrift stores. My my plan was I'm gonna go to like two or three thrift stores. I'll pick up lunch. I'll go home, and we'll have a nice day at home for the rest of the Saturday. And maybe list some items that I picked up. So I go into the first thrift store. And I've spent like 30 to 45 minutes in the thrift store and haven't found anything yet. Okay. And that's the worst. It's terrible. I'm surprised you didn't leave. Well, and that's the thing. So economics teaches something that's called sunk cost, right? Sunk mm -hmm. cost is if you've spent money on something and then it doesn't pan out, you can't think of the money you've already spent as something you're losing to like keep going with it. Like, well, I've already paid, you know, hundred dollars for this. It's not working, but I'm going to keep doing it because I've already paid a hundred. If it's not working, you cut it and you move on to the next thing. Like you, you can't look back in the past. I think it's the same thing with time. So I've spent 30 minutes there. I spent 45 minutes there. I haven't found anything. So the best thing to do would be, okay, move on to the next store. But I, I was, wasn't believing in this idea of sunk cost. And I was thinking like, I, it'll be wasted. If I, I'll waste that 45 minutes, if I don't find something, I've got to leave the store with something. And so I got it in my head. I had to find something. And I finally, after searching and searching and searching, 
found a button-down uh, Harley shirt. Oh, those are still so, so well. I mean, there's a market for those still. It was sharp looking. Like, I was looking through racks, looking through stuff. It's like, nothing, 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 nothing. And then I find this, and I almost never find Harley. Like, you find Harley all the time. I almost never find it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it was like amazing <laughs> Like a rain swooner. Yeah, it was. It just felt so good. And so then I grabbed it. I didn't even look at the price because they had like three different tags on on 50%. I couldn't remember which color. So I grab it and I'm walking up and I'm looking like, okay, what color tags? And I'm trying to find the tag on the shirt and there's no tag. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to get the 50% off because they're not going to know what color tag it was, but I'll just pay full price for whatever they asked for it. So I go up to the front. I'm ready to leave because I've already wasted all this time. They won't sell it to me. Oh, you know what? I mean, it's not strange that that happened. I mean, that's a common occurrence, but it's so frustrating. The manager was right there. I know, but you know how it is. And the manager said, because I said like, I mean, I was being very polite. I'm, I'm very big on like, you, you get more flies with honey or whatever that saying is. Um, and I was like, hey, like, I, would you mind just pricing it? Like, I'll let you know, like, just give me the price, like whatever you would sell this for. I'm not asking for a deal, you know, just whatever the price is. And they wouldn't do it. They said, no, we're going to price it, but we won't put it out till tomorrow. Yeah, but... No, I get that. I mean, and it's it's strange that you say that because, you know, why wouldn't they price it? You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, you have a sense of injustice. Like, come on. Like, really? Like, all you have to do is, you know, even go. Would you have been okay if they pulled up eBay and looked up comps? Yeah. I mean, if they were gonna do, I mean, I would, I would, I would say, like, give me the price, a fair yeah. price, whatever you're going to sell this for. And I'll tell you yes or no. Like, I'm not trying to, like... And I get that they're trying to protect themselves, that there's probably people who go in there and they scratch off tags or they rip off tags and then they try and buy stuff for cheaper than it would cost. Yeah, price right? switchers. But it's interesting you say that because, you know, on IG, I want to say a few weeks ago, uh, one of our UK listeners, by the way, we're appreciative for all our UK listeners. Yeah, I'm just shocked that, you know, we have... We have a few, I mean, maybe more than a few. We have several UK listeners. So thanks for listening to us. And it's so awesome to hear your stories because one of the things that somebody had said, hey, we don't have thrift stores here, but we have charity shops or something something mm. to that effect. And the sense I got was that, you know, our thrift stores here seem like they're more for profit mm-hmm. than the charity shops that are, you know, across the pond. But my question is, you know, yeah, our stores are, for profit, but they're not. They're nonprofit. But your story definitely reinforces the fact that these stores are still trying to make a profit because maybe they're worried that they sold you that one 1940s Harley shirt that mm. they would have missed out on $10,000 or something. Yeah, but that's crazy, though, because if it made it out onto their floor in the first place, then at some point somebody somebody priced it. And if it was like a $10,000 shirt, they're not going to put it on the rack with those. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm like, being sarcastic. I, I, but. No, I realize, but like that, that's what I mean though. It's like, I feel like there's, I'm big on like, there's letter of the law and spirit of the law. And I, I will always follow the letter of the law. Like I'm, I'm a big rule follower, but at the same time, it's like, okay, like this rule that you have of not selling items, like you are trying to protect your business from a certain type of fraud that's happening. And, and, and I think there's, pretty clear ways to tell if that's what I'm trying to do. Right. Like if I've got all of it, here's 10 items yeah, you're, that you're are pretty all bothered missing. by this, you know, I, I mean, I guess part of it is the wasted time. And then, you know, I mean, there is something where it's almost like they look at you and say like, we don't trust you. You know, I mean, I, I've worked retail before and I remember people making comments like when you have to check, someone gives you a hundred dollar bill and you have to, you know, swipe Those it. never make sense to me. Where they have to. Yeah. Like, why do you have to check hundreds? Like hundreds aren't what they used to be. And second, well, true. Yeah. But like, but, but, but 
the older ones that you did have to check. I mean, I, I understand, but people would get mad like, oh, I, yeah, I, what do you think? I just printed it. And it's like, look, I'm, I'm, I was told by my boss I have to do this for every 50 or every 100 or whatever it is, yeah. right? So I, I'm not, it's not like I'm coming off on thinking like, oh, like I'm so mad at them for following their rules. But at the same time, it's like, it's almost like somebody looking at me and saying, sorry, I don't trust you as a customer in my store. I think you're lying to me. Yeah, maybe, but, but maybe it's a perspective thing. Like you felt, and, and, you know, injustice, right? Cause they wouldn't sell it to you. They feel injustice because, you know, they want to make, well, they feel like they restored justice, but not, not allowing you to walk away with something that might've been able to, to be worth more later on. I mean, maybe, but that's what I was like. I, I would have been fine with them just, you know just pricing it. Like I, I wasn't looking for a deal. I wasn't expecting like, Hey, this, this is, this was probably a blue tag that was half off. So give it to me for half off. I'll pay the non half off price, but you know, it's fine. I I, I don't want to like harp on that story because it yeah. wasn't, it's not that big of a no, deal, I know, but, but you know, I do want to talk about something related to that. Cause you had mentioned to me, we were in conversation last week and you had said something to the effect of, you know, I said, Hey, you've been sourcing. You're like, Orlando, it's so hard. Like I go to these stores and like all the shoes are like $20. Oh, yeah. So you've been experiencing a lot of that. Yeah. No, that's, that's what's really weird to me. It's like you go into a Goodwill and all of their shoes are between like 15 to $25. And these are like, are not shoes that I would even be able to sell for 20, $25. So nobody's buying these. Like if they are trying to help the community of people who are coming in, who are low income, people who are trying to buy shoes, nobody's paying $25 for just used shoes that are just, average used shoes that you can get at Walmart for $20 new. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I feel like, I feel like they're pandering or selling to resellers. They're not selling to, to the average clientele. But I think that's true. And I'm not here as a spokesperson for Google or anything, but I think it's because the intention is to make profits to be able to provide programs for people. Right. Because they need that cash flow. Right. Because nonprofits are nonprofit because they don't profit off of people. The money stays self-contained and they help out the community and so on. Right. So what I what I do know about Goodwill is they end up hiring a lot of people that necessarily wouldn't be able to get a job somewhere else for, you know, multiple reasons. But they provide these programs. They provide this training. There's, you know, some Goodwills that a lot of these individuals work in the back and they're given a task that they can complete. And so that's how they help the company. So, you know, and that's what I mean. I think it's perspective. Like we, and I'm not, trust me, I am not a fan of paying $20 for shoes. Like I did walk into a store the other day and I had approached, you know, uh, a manager and I'm like, like, I basically was like, really? Like, and you know, they, they, uh, you know, they, they said, well, you know, that's what the costs are and blah, blah, blah. And so I, I, I do have a tough time because, you know, the, some prices are just outrageous. Well, and I think part of it too, and you mentioned this idea of justice is this isn't like nationally they're, they're doing this. I don't feel like, I feel like there are certain areas. Oh, I think it's national. You think so? Yeah, I don't know. I, now I, being I hear, on IG, we see it like all the time. Like I see people in Florida, on the East Coast, you oh. know, up in New England, Midwest, you know, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, maybe to an extent, but it's weird that I can walk into a Goodwill and they're charging $20, $25 for a pair of shoes. And then I walk next door to the Salvation Army that's going to have the same overhead, the same, they're nonprofit. They're doing a lot of, of similar things. And I walk in there and their shoes are four to $5, right? Yeah. Like, so it's not that like 
they need to sell it at this price in order to provide the services they're providing. But it almost is like, hey, we can get this out of people in this area, so we're going to. Yeah, and I think I think it's a healthy perspective to understand that in the sense that, you know, if you go into a thrift store and you, oh man, I'm, I don't know, we didn't talk about this in, the, in our in our unrecorded session, but uh, I kind of feel like as resellers, I know for myself, I may get this entitlement feeling like you owe me, like you have, you can't charge me this much for this item. But reality is they're still a business. So I need to go in understanding that they are still trying to make money. And if I come in with that mindset, I'll understand that I have to find that weak spot in that business to make that money. Yeah, no, and that's fair. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm never against businesses doing well for themselves. So I'm, this isn't like an us versus them mentality, but I do also think that, um, there's kind of a symbiotic relationship between resellers and thrift oh, stores that need to be maintained. And, and, and I think there, there's almost like a power play of like, well, they control the merchandise right now. So we're, we get to control the price, you know, and that's fine. And I'm, I'm totally fine playing that game, but because I, I think we do the same thing on eBay. No, we do. Absolutely. Yeah. But realistically, I just, I guess part of me is like, I worry that is that sustainable even for these stores? Like, like are people who are coming in, aren't reselling, are they looking at this stuff saying, wow, what a great deal on a used item? Are they thinking like these prices are out of control because these are reselling prices or, you know, when they see these, like, so if they're not selling to those people and they're only selling to what maybe new resellers who don't know that they're getting gouged and they're not, the profit margin isn't there because they're paying $20 on something they're going to sell for 30 on eBay. And by the time they ship it and pay, mm-hmm. you know, so I feel like that model lasts for a while, but like, I feel like they can't keep their prices that high forever. Yeah. Well, okay. So let me give you an example. What stores do you think, do you go more Salvation Army or more Goodwill? I'm moving more and more towards Salvation Army because okay. Goodwill's just too expensive. Well, and that's the beauty of capitalism, right? It, what it leads is to more innovation, right? Yep. Right. So eventually, there's going to be other people that are going to, you know, be innovative about how they run a thrift store, and and maybe you'll have another company show up, and eventually, it's going to resolve itself, mm. right? So you know, again, it's so it's so interesting because we I feel like we cycle through this. Mm. Right. Like every few months we hear about this. But anyways, yeah, we don't want to belabor the point too much. The key thing I always say that every thrift store has its weak spot. Like I went to a thrift store the other day and I found an item that was uh, $10 that I could flip for over 100 that they never even thought about. Mm. Right. Somebody dropped the ball. Somebody missed it. So Mm. all right, random. Oh, that was your random story. Yeah. What about you? Okay, so. Mine is kind of related to me purchasing a car, but it's not dealing with the car itself. It's dealing with, you know, this whole idea that, you know, when you go apply for a loan, right, you have to put, you know, how much, you know, you make a month, right? You have to put like your income, right? And it's, and and luckily it's your gross income because gross always looks a lot better than that. So I put in, I wrote on there e-commerce, right? And I kind of struggled with that. And here's the funny thing. So... I put that in. You know how it usually goes? I don't know where it goes. It goes to the back somewhere in the dealership, right? And one of the guys from the back comes in and and he points to the number and he goes, bro, you're killing it. And I'm like, what? Okay. What do you mean? He goes, and he sits down like in the the desk across from me. He goes, tell me how you got here. Huh? And I'm just like, this is so weird. Like, and... I finally realized how difficult it is to explain to someone 
all the ins and outs of what we do. Mm. Right? Because they saw the number. And, and the first thing I told them, I said, hey, that's a great number, but there's a lot behind that number. Mm. Like I, I wanted to be very clear with him because I finally understood why there's this kind of like get rich, like selling the dream mentality and reselling. Right? Because this guy saw the number and he instantly goes like, you know, wow, this guy's doing really well. And I'm I told, gonna quit my job and do this. Yeah, tomorrow. no, no, right. but that's what he told me. He said, you know, an awesome guy, really nice guy. I mean, legit. And you know, he goes, man, I've been really, you know, thinking about. I want to do kind of like a side hustle because I want to spend more time with my family. Did you and, give him our podcast information? Yeah, I did. Nice. I did. Nice. So, <laughs> but uh, this became a half hour conversation. Mm. Like literally, the guy that was, you know, there's the other guy that was selling me the car, like. He just like left mm. and it's just me and him talking. And it was interesting because I said, listen, I want to tell you something. If I was a baller right now, like, do you really think I'd be here buying a 2011 Honda Pilot mm. that's used? Right. And he laughed and I go, exactly. So first thing I want to tell you is like, I don't have a Lambo. I don't have a Ferrari. Mm. I'm not here to get you rich, but you know, it, let me tell you about this journey. And so you know, he he was really, you know, and he might be listening now. So if you're out there listening, man, yeah. hey, appreciate you Welcome. having this conversation with me. Welcome to the family. Because I, you know, I struggled because, you know, he, he, he asked me, how does Amazon work? And, and then I had to explain like, well, there's private label, there's wholesale, there's retail arbitrage. And then there's the ins and outs of that. And then I slowed down a little bit and I go, you know, let me, let me take you back five years and explain to you, you know, I started selling on eBay and then over time picked up Amazon. But, it, you know, it was, it was the two things that I got out of that conversation. Number one is that reselling, and we say this all the time, is not easy. Mm. Right? It's not, I, I will say, and, and maybe Mike and I have totally missed it. Maybe it is something that, you know, in six months we can go from zero to rich. And we just we for whatever reason don't have the aptitude to do that. Yeah, we're not we're not good enough resellers. <laughs> we're not good enough. I mean, there's a part of me that, and you know, maybe that's true. The other part of the conversation I got out of that was that you always gotta come in understanding, like when you're explaining to people about what you do, is that you really gotta get into the details because what it can seem like is that you kind of have like this passive income lifestyle. And, you know, you work only a few hours a week and you have all this money flowing in, right? You got to, I, I think, and we try to do that in the podcast always. We got, you know, real relevant reselling, like that's what we're about. And, you know, I spent a good half hour and I still didn't get them. I felt like I walked away not doing justice to everything mm -hmm. that it takes. But it was awesome because at the same time, I was able to give them hope. Like, hey, listen, you can make this extra side income and you can start somewhere and eventually level it up. And and if one day maybe you choose to, you know, be a self-employed entrepreneur that's full time, you can do it. Mm. And so, you know, yeah, I did give them the name of our podcast and where our Instagram is. But what was crazy to me was that like somebody actually wanted to listen. Yeah. Right. Cause he had brought up, you know, he goes, yeah, have you heard about jungle scout? And, and he had told me how some of the stuff he's been doing on jungle scout and, mm. You know, I shared with him tactical arbitrage and all these different like kind of systems to help him in the Amazon and, and eBay world. And, uh, you know, people out there definitely want to find ways, you know, and this has always been the case. But I think more than ever, I think reselling is coming to a place where 
you know, people are seeing the value in it. Yeah. So anyway, shout out to you, man. Thanks so much for the great conversation. Thanks. You know, I felt like I was being put on the spot, like in the sense that like, hey, Orlando, this is what you make. Like, I want you to tell me how. Now, maybe he was fishing, but I don't yeah. think he was. So what did you what did you put on your on the the application that you did for a living? E-commerce. E-commerce. You didn't do professional treasure hunter? No. <laughs> yeah, that would have worked really well. And, and I was even scared putting e-commerce. But here's the thing. I put in e-commerce and they knew what I was talking about. Hmm. And here's the, what was funny. The rest of the time at the dealership was like an ongoing joke. Like, you know, how much is this worth? And how hmm. much is this worth? Like, I remember, you know, you run a dealership and they had that those old printers. Mm, yeah. Right. Those are still money. Huh. And so I'm talking to the guy and I go, yeah, hey, a buddy of mine bought one of those, I think for 40, 50 bucks and they flipped for like 300. He goes, oh, that's cool. And then, you know, they always try to sell you that stuff at the end. Mm. Right. And he goes, I know you're a reseller, but would you be interested in buying this? Don't ever buy any of that stuff. No, don't, don't, that's, don't. That's the, <laughs> that, that is the markup. That's, this is the way I look at it and I am not. Okay. So don't, don't take any of my advice because I'm not a financial expert on anything. So, um, but wait, okay, I gotta stop us right here. Look, Did you sell something? Look at look at what I got an offer on. Look at the irony. Oh man! No, look at the irony of it though. Harley button down. The Harley, you can't see it on camera, but are you just trying to make me mad now that I didn't was able to pick it up? How, how does that happen? And it's a good offer. Like I'm selling the shirt for fifty five, and they offered me forty five. And I'm going to accept. But how does that happen? Like, this could have happened earlier. Yeah, it's it's just because, you know, I'm supposed to feel terrible because I didn't, I wasn't able to buy my Harley button down. It's messed up. I'm just, I'm, all that being said, uh, buy Harley button downs when you can and don't buy any of those extra things. Because if it was, if it was, ching, if it was financially worth it, for you to buy all of the things, then the company would be losing money, right? All of the extra add-ons, the extra warranties. They're, they're the, I look at it as gambling. They're the house. They know the odds are in their favor. They're selling you a, a warranty that the, the extreme odds are in the favor that you'll never be able to use or get your money's worth. We're giving like car buying advice right now, but you know, I will tell you that happened to me. I bought a Honda CRV. I want to say 12 years ago. And I bought it. I think it had like sixty thousand miles. Mm. It didn't. It didn't have a lot of miles. And it's always that last guy. Mm. It's the last guy. And those of you that work at car dealerships, you might be that last guy. And he sold me on the warranty. Oof. That's where and, they make all the commission at, man. And I paid thirty extra dollars a month for five years to get that warranty. And you know how, how much I can use that warranty? Probably never. Never. And even if you did use it, that's part of the thing that you don't really think about is they say you've got the warranty, but you still have a deductible that you have to pay. And only if it goes over a certain amount, does the warranty cover it? And there's all of these other hidden fees. So yeah, so if you figure $30 a month for five years, if something would have broken down, you could have just paid for it. Put $30 a month into your own bank account, right? And then it's, yeah, it breaks down, you pay for it. And if it doesn't, you get to keep the money, but it it's gamble. Like I honestly look at warranties like that as a gamble where the dealership is the house. They know the odds are in their favor. If you buy it, you're a sucker. <laughs> did you know, did you see somebody commented on a, it commented and said aggressive Mike? Like yeah. Well, I mean, this I is, think we're seeing more of Mike these days. This is, this is my real personality. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't really hold, I don't hold back. I, I've got opinions. That is true. He does. He does. 
So, but okay. But going back, it was kind of cool because they didn't even try. Like, I remember the guy was like, hey, do you want this alarm? And I go, you, you know what I do for a living, right? Like, I make deals all the time. He goes, yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey, how about half price? <laughs> and I'm like, no. Like, I flat out just said no. And then he goes, what would it take for you to buy this? I'm like, nothing. I will not buy that. I know people and I can get an alarm anywhere else. Yep. I'll be, and here's the irony. I'm driving home in my car and my anti-theft light is blinking because I have an anti-theft device mm. on my car already. Right? So again, just be, I guess this isn't a car buying episode, but it's just funny. So the random story in all of this was that I got to share the gospel of reselling. Yeah, you got a convert, <laughs> a, a reselling convert. Welcome so, to the family if you're listening. Yeah. Um, Make sure to follow to us on Instagram. Yeah. Hey, you know, it gives a good break. Hey, if you haven't had a chance yet, you know, if you've been watching our YouTube or listening to our podcast, but you're not on social, hey, you know, follow us on Instagram. We also drop a lot of knowledge on our feed, except today we haven't dropped a feed yet because we've been recording, but on our feed, on our IG stories, uh, there's just a lot. There's a great community of resellers. There's a lot of knowledge to be gained. We are Pierzo Podcast on IG, Pierzo Cast on Twitter. We are also on Facebook as Pierzo Podcast. Uh, and you can find us on Spotify and Anchor and YouTube and on YouTube. You know, like we talked about before, a thousand subscribers. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to us. Sorry, they just paid. I know I'm just rubbing it in. A button that Harley. Okay. So if you haven't subscribed yet to us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. Hit that like button. Uh, and if you know the episode is eh, still hit that like button. And uh make sure to hit that, you know, notification so you get notifications. If you haven't had a chance yet, also make sure to share us on YouTube. If you think this will help others, share us on the podcast. And last of all, you know, thank you to all of you that have been uh donating to us uh, you know, through the link, the PayPal link at the bottom of this video. It's been it's been helpful. So if you haven't had chance and you just want to say thank you know it's there for you it's also on our link tree on our instagram yeah help us keep the lights on and, and let's help keep uh orlando's diet mountain dew full <laughs> yeah okay then we're never we gonna will, get we, will, no, we no. will not have an episode if, if he does not have his diet mountain dew wow well hey we're gonna be spending a lot of time in the studio today that's true so it's all good anyways um all right so that leads us to our Hustles of the Hustle week. Of the week. Sound effect time. Woo-woo. Okay, that's our sound effect. All right. So we had some cool hustles of the week. So hey, why don't you start us off here? Cool. Uh, so we've got Tristan, whose Instagram handle is at T R I to T I M. So try to Tim at try to Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, so he went to a Goodwill with his mom um, and just said, "Grab whatever looks new." Right. So they were just like, "Let's see what's new. Let's grab it." Um, and the manager of the store eventually pulled out two new bins. So uh, we've talked about in the past, like if you can be out there when a bin comes out, it's good because people haven't had a chance to look through stuff yet. So uh, they start looking through these bins. Uh, Mom calls them over and they start scanning stuff, looking for you know if there's anything they could sell on FBA. Um, they found an item, unfortunately, gated, restricted, can't sell it on FBA, right? But like we've talked about before, they realized eBay, right? There are not gates and restrictions in the same way on eBay. So if you can't sell it on Amazon FBA, eBay is still a good outlet. So they decide to sell, um, pick it up, sell it on eBay. It is a sealed Dragon Ball Z Dragon Box Volume 1. I'm geeking out right now. 
I love Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z is the really? first. Dragon you Ball and Z. Ryan Roots and are like best friends. And Dragon Ball Z was the first anime, um, and, and it, that's not even like a hardcore extreme anime, but it's a good like gateway drug into the anime world, you know? Okay. Um, and I remember as like a little kid, I was watching them as they were coming out, Frieza Saga, right? Those of you guys who watch, you know what I'm talking about. And um, so, yeah, so he picks up this this sealed Dragon Ball Z box, volume one, for five ninety nine. dollars Sells with the best offer of $150. That's fire. That's amazing, right? So that's a huge return on investment. Um, Just to be honest, I would have sold it because my wife probably would have made me sell it. But uh, that's one of those things that I probably would have taken my time listing just because I'd want to like hold it. You would be, you would become Orlando. Yeah, I would try not to hoard it, but I would hold it and and like cuddle it for a little bit. And he and and Tristan, I've been you know DMing him uh, with him on on the IG, and he's a new reseller, so that's awesome to start. Yeah, you know what I mean. That feels good. I mean, I needed that. Like I had my I had those uh, cycling shoes when I first started. It was a four dollar buy that I sold for some over, well over hundreds, like 120, 150, somewhere around there. Um, and and yeah, that's good motivation, right? That keeps you going. And you'll keep getting those sales. Like if you keep out there hustling, you're going to have those bread and butter items where you're making 10 to $30 every single sale. And then these sales come along and you're, it feels good. feels good. That is not, oh, that is a sale and a half. All right. I got another sale and a half. So let's hear it. So Kyle, okay. Now we've already had a hustle of the week from him, like back in the day, like episode three or four or something like that. Welcome back, Kyle. Yeah, It's only been six months, but I had to. He, this is our first double hustle of the week. I mean, this is this is crazy. So, so he is Kyle, and his handle is the Rydell on IG. So T H E R I D E Y L. Give him a follow, and he found these two items. Nothing special about it. I mean, you know, he's special, but nothing special about it. He just pulls out his phone, goes to Hard Goods, right, and just starts researching. Mm. So he comes across his first one was a $9.99 find at Goodwill. And it's a set of San Francisco Giants bobbleheads from 2002. But they're not like even baseball players. Now, these people were baseball players. Uh, Mike Krukow, I think I'm saying this wrong, and Dwayne Culper. They're for, you know, they did play baseball, but basically they are TV commentators. It's huh. a bobblehead set of TV commentators. And it was used and he sold it. For a hundred and seventy-five dollars. Oh. This is the same day, by the way, his hustle of the week. This is like within hours. Okay. So I I seriously see bobbleheads every once in a while I'll research, but most of the time I just walk past them. Yeah. Right? Because usually they look chintzy and and but something caught his eye. But this is to me, I don't know. They, they, we should have we're gonna have a hustle of the year award, I think, this year. We're going to have several contenders and mm. do a hustle of the year. I think we should do that. Yeah, that's a good one. So, again, he finds an item for $2.99. Okay. What he finds is this 2018, 2018, by the way, not even vintage, business mentor Android collectible figure. So, it's like this little Android guy, uh-huh. you know, like the Android, right. like little robot thing. And it says like 2018 business mentor or something like that. And... He sold it on eBay for not 100, not 200, not 300, $375. That's a mic drop moment right there. Seriously, like pick up this mic now. 
Just drop it. It's pretty good. That's amazing. So one day, one, two, two sales like that one day. And that's why you got to be at a thrift store every day. I'm, t- I'm telling you and researching and, and, you know, my issue as a, you know, I've been reselling for a little while is that I try to go really fast, but stories like this tell me to slow down. Mm. Cause I would have looked at that. I don't even know if I would have reached. I mean, literally if you look it up on eBay, like it's just a small box. It's not a big deal. Mm. Like and it, and it looks chintzy, like and it says 2018. So I wouldn't have even thought it was vintage, yep. right? But he took the time, and he yeah. scored collectibles. Man, that's one of the things too. Is it's hard to tell like what what's what's a unique collectible and what's a mass marketed product that doesn't sell, right? And and until you've just got a lot of experience seeing certain things or scanning things, you'll just never know. Yeah, I just I looked at that and I was like, wow, that is incredible. It's incredible. All right. You got another one here. This is yeah. this is even more incredible. Now, this one, this one to me is a little shocking. I knew about this, but it's been a while since I heard about this. Yeah, this is good. So, um, our next one comes from um, at just ten pack. So at J U S one zero P A C K just ten pack. Um, is that like some people have six pack? <laughs> some people have an eight pack. I don't know. This guy's just Give ten me. pack. Like that's. That's, that's, that's legit. That'd be legit. Um, so picked up a new and sealed scrubbing bubbles, automatic shower cleaner kit with refills. I remember those commercials, right? Yeah. It was like, so it goes in the shower and then it sprays. When's the last time you saw one of those? Uh, one of those commercials? No, one of those items. Oh gosh. I don't know. Probably. I don't even know if I've ever actually seen one in a store, but I definitely know those commercials are old. I've never seen. Yeah. Them. I wish I picked one up. Anyways, that, yeah. that kind of leads into so, our hustle so week. He buys the kit and the refills for $3.99 at a Goodwill. Um, sells this kit. No, it hasn't sold it yet. Okay. Okay, but they sell for around, so the comps are going for about $130 on eBay. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a thing. And that's the reason I we threw it on this as Hustle of the Week. Like, again, I the, all these Hustle of the Week. Now, the Dragon Ball Z, I think that would have been... I would have researched that because mm. Dragon Ball Z is pretty popular right now, right? Mm. Am I Yeah, like, yeah. They, they, they came out with um, Dragon Ball Super, um, which has just recently been, I think... Um, English dubbed, so um, okay. It, it's bringing it's that. bringing a new generation of kids to watch Dragon Ball Z, and kind of like we we had an interview the other day with another reseller, and we were talking about this idea that um, parents now are are introducing their children, their teenagers, to the things they were interested in when they were teenagers. Okay, so I'm just thinking like like for me and and people who are a little bit older than me who love Dragon Ball Z and that was their childhood are now having kids that are, you know, preteens and teens that they're saying like, Hey, watch this show that I loved so much as a kid. So it's, it's creating a new excitement. I think Pokemon was kind of the same way. Oh, I agree. They released, they released the right time when it's like, now it's our fans, kids that are the right age. Huh? Well, the reason I say that is because if you look at the last, you know, three items that are hustle a week, I think they're items that, I would have walked past. Mm. I mean, think about it. Like, <laughs> you look at scrubbing bubbles. Like, it's mm. a common staple. Like, you know, see at the thrift store. It's not like I'm going and I'm buying was that a, wipes. Was that a rare what mops? Was it like a like a just a limited run that they did? And it oh didn't yeah, work out. You can't find them. Is it because it was a flop? Like, why are people buying I them? I don't know. Because if there if there's a market for it, you would think scrubbing bubbles would uh, get on that. Yeah. And they probably would sell it for more than they did originally, right? I, I mean, think about it. So, but anyways, it's scarcity, hopefully right? Hopefully, you're not listening. Well, but I mean, 
if they made more of them, they wouldn't be worth that much. Like like scarcity drives prices. So true. And I have heard about these selling. Like it's been about it's been a little while since the last time I heard about these. But you know, when I saw this and they're a hustle of the week. By the way, if you haven't had a chance, if you have hustle of the week. You know, on Instagram, use a hashtag hustle of the week, all lowercase, because we'll, we look there for the hustle of the week. Mm. And that's where we found this one. And so I don't know. I just, I was super impressed with that because I'm like, wow, like these are all items I would have passed, mm. you know, easily. I mean, Mike might have looked it up because Mike does like looking at obscure things, weird stuff, yeah, and weird stuff. So, hey, all of you, thank you so much, Tristan. Uh, again, follow these individuals, uh, Tristan, Kyle, and Just Ten Pack. So IG handles for Tristan is at try to Tim T R I number two, the number two T I M. Kyle is IG handle the Rydell T H E R I D E Y L, and you have Just Ten Pack J U S one zero P A C K. Give him a follow. Thank you, guys, for sharing your hustle of the week. And now it's time for Mike to share. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I actually finally have one, uh, and, and it's not even great. It's not definitely as great as our, our listeners. Uh, but that same day that I went to uh, the the thrift store and failed when they wouldn't sell me the the Harley button down, I went to another thrift store. Actually, went to two more after that, and picked up some shoes, picked up some other stuff. And as I was getting ready to leave, because um, it was getting close to lunchtime, wanted to get home. I find a board game and I'm like, sweet. And the board game, the comps aren't going for great, but it's one that I was, it was unique. And I was like, I'd like to keep this for my own collection. And, and if I sell it, it could probably make like $15, $20 off it. And underneath the board game, like kind of behind it and then back a little bit was this other little box. And it's like a, I mean, I guess it would be Disney. Cause like, isn't Alice in Wonderland? Like doesn't mm-hmm. Disney own mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland? So it was like a Disney or it didn't say Disney on it, but it was like Alice in Wonderland tea set story time thing. And it was like porcelain. It came with two cups, two okay. little things. And they were asking for seven ninety nine for it. And I looked up comps and they're going for like $60 on eBay. Really? Yeah. So it, it felt good to say like, I get this game that either maybe I make $10 on or I just keep it and I play. Yeah. And ooh, here's an item that I'm going to make $50 on. All right. That made today's trip worth it. I love it. And, and, you got you have something new, right? Yep. Like something more in your bolo, like your mm-hmm. subconscious bolo list to yeah, keep things to look for. Yep. Nice. All right. So I wanted to give an update uh, for my bolo. Uh, not my bolo. Sorry, we're gonna get to bolos. By the way, we're gonna get back to current topics. Yeah. We're throwing everybody off today. That's how we roll. <laughs> so, um, so my hustle of the week. Uh, it's you know I've had a few hustles of the week, but I, I did want to share uh, just an update on the Department Fifty Six items because. What I'm finding is, you know, a lot of people say, like, when should I list something? I just actually sold up Department 56. Okay, so that's why I wanted to talk about that, because it was my hustle of the week, I want to say back in October Mm. or something like that. But I got to tell you, I have sold probably out of the 20 plus pieces. I had a major haul back in, I forget what podcast, but sometime in October, I paid $160, and I think I got 20 to 30 pieces of Department 56, right? And I've paid far more than I paid. I'm, I'm probably, you know, close to $1,000 now in, in my return. And I just keep selling the apartment 56 over and over. Like, I, I don't think there's been a single week mm. since Christmas ended that I have not sold apartment mm. 56. That's weird. Yeah, I just sold one. Right? And what, what, you end up, what was it? 
Uh, it was like a weird like Santa <laughs> workshop, like as a Santa like holding something and like a kid on his lap. Okay, there's a figurine. And was it good? Did you make good ROI? Yeah, I think I bought it for like two dollars and it sold for like forty. So. Okay, so I I just was you know and the same thing here like and what happened too was I noticed a lot of people I don't know why but they had lower prices. Hmm. And I, I knew the inherent value in these items. So I just listed my stuff high and it sold before the other ones. And so I've, I just, I want to let you guys know, like, just cause it's not Christmas doesn't mean that your Christmas items are not going to sell. Yeah. That's interesting. I, we're in February, right? Okay. Now I'll get to my hustle of the week. So my hustle of the week is one of those, I, I'm kind of a little proud. I'm proud of this hustle of the week, not like an arrogant proud, but like, I feel good about it. So. It's not a huge, like, uh, our hustle of the week from our listeners, but I, I saw a thermostat. And I know that thermostats, mm. for whatever reason, that are sealed, sell for money. Mm. And it was a Honeywell thermostat, and it wasn't like one of the, you know, you have those Bluetooth technology Wi-Fi ones now. Mm. It was an older one, but I know that people are trying to always replace things in their house, and maybe they want the same one. So I was at the Goodwill, and I don't know, they, they charged $9.99 for an uh, old, old thermostat that was sealed. So I picked it up. I'm like, you know what? This is going to sell for money. And I looked up comps, and a new one had not sold probably, I don't know, in two months, and it only sold for $25. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to list this for $80, right? Because I know that this, you know, there isn't much to go around. The completed, you know, there hasn't been one that has sold in a while, but there, no one really is listing any new ones. Mm. Sure enough, within less than a week, I sold it. It was on a sale, and it sold for $67. And I was happy about the hustle of the week because, you know, one of the things that I love about reselling for a while is you establish kind of like this knowledge bank about, mm -hmm. hey, even though I can't find comps, you know, I still know that there's value in mm -hmm. this, and you listen. I, I've been doing a lot of that lately. So I'm kind of a little concerned because I, I do probably need to research some items because, you know, that we always preach like research, research, research. Uh, but, you know, some of those things that after you've been reselling for a while, you don't have to research because you know that there will be buyers for that item. Mm. So that was a good hustle of the week. That's so, good. All right. So, hey, if you have any hustles of the week, hey, make sure to let us know. You can also call us with your hustle of the week, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Shoot us an email, podcast at gmail.com, and let us know, and you'll be a contender for hustle of the week. And also, you know, use that hashtag. Yeah, and, and maybe maybe my favorite way is is – Post it in your feed and tag us in it because yeah. we like to we like to just be able to see that and then and then shout that out on uh, on our Instagram. So yeah, tag us, tag some some of your friends who might be uh, either also fellow resellers, right? That are 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 going to appreciate what you're doing, or maybe some uh, skeptics, some people who mm -hmm. who don't, you know, tag tag those people in your life that are like, you do what? And then show them your hustle of the week. <laughs> <laughs> get, get all gangster and yeah. I'm like, say, Here, here's my hustle. Sinbad on them. Boom. Sinbad on them. So you uh, can get baned or you can get Sinbad. There you go. Drop the money on them. All right. That's a new term. We're going to call like baned it. and Sinbad. You just okay. got Sinbad. All right. We're going to have our own like Pure Hustle podcast lexicon. Yep. Right. Of our own terms. It'll be a Pure Hustle, um, like Urban Dictionary. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to go Urban Dictionary because that one, man, you can go. It goes crazy. Yeah, people are crazy on that. That's okay. for sure. <laughs> But I, I tell you what, I sometimes have to know, use it to figure out what kids are talking about. That is true. That is true. I remember when I was an administrator, 
Like there would be all these hidden messages, mm-hmm. right? And I didn't know unless you went to Urban Dictionary. Yeah, look it up. You got to know what it means, man. So if you're a parent out there and your kids are saying some things and you're interested. Now, just, you know, not, not sufficient for work. Let's put it that way. What? It's not sufficient for work or at all. <laughs> yeah, you, maybe be careful. Well, I mean, there, there probably is going to be some stuff on there that... that, that you don't want yeah. little eyes to see for yeah, sure. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> all right. We got to keep it pure hustle. That's right. All right. So, all right. Some, let's talk about some topics here now that we're all out of order. I hate more sellers. I heard are getting sent offers. Yeah. Like, I've seen a lot of people talking about that. You saw, so if you don't know what we're talking about, eBay back in the summer, not through any kind of official announcement at all, but through influencers announced that there's going to be a send offer option on eBay, kind of like there is on Poshmark. Where, you know, if you have a three or more watchers, I believe, you can send offers to those watchers. Now, the reason I bring this up is uh, on IG, we had posted the hack. So you can do it by hacking with a certain, you know, using a certain URL. You can either send it gets to a page where it gives you all your items that you can send offers on, or you can put an item number next to a certain URL, and then you on that item specifically you can send offers. Mm. So it was crazy because on IG we had all kinds of people requesting for that info. So and a lot of you that are new resellers, maybe you've never even heard of this, but uh, it, we're getting closer here. Yeah, it'll be nice when it'll be nice when it's not just like some people, but it's just standard like. That's, but I will tell you, function. I've done it, and I, I haven't had a lot of success from the hack. Now, maybe because it's not working. Maybe we all feel that. You think it's working and it's not? Because well, you're using a URL that's, like, not actually active. But Yeah, maybe you get that feeling that mm-hmm. it's happening, but it's not. But I did have a lot of people on IG say, hey, Orlando, like, within hours of sending those offers, people bought my stuff. Huh. So maybe it is happening. There you go. So there I don't know. Go. So that was a quick one. Now, go ahead. I, well, I wasn't really going to say anything, but I was thinking – We've talked before that sometimes watchers are just like fellow resellers, like hawking your items. That might actually help reduce that too. Like if you're constantly, like if you're watching a bunch of items to see what things, and you're always getting offers from people, you might be like, "I'm not following this stuff anymore." (laughs) Could be maybe it'll work. It'll help. It'll help even out the playing field. But again, but I do have that philosophy with the send offers. I think it's going to be different on eBay than on Posh. I Mm -hmm. think on eBay, a lot of people, like for instance, for us, have you noticed a lot more watchers in our items? Oh, maybe you haven't because you you've been new to reselling for the last six months. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't actually look at that anymore. Okay. Okay. You've convinced me not to look at no, that. No, it's not. It it really isn't. I don't think there's a point. But I've noticed in my store ever since we started doing the podcast that I have a lot more people watching my my items. Hmm. Right, and you know what that now it does negatively affect things in my store. Hmm. Because my sell-through rate isn't as great. And so if you get a lot of views, you get watchers and your stuff isn't selling. From what I've heard, it negatively affects you and your, you know, in the algorithm. But uh, again, you know, do I think, I do think, and maybe some of you are doing this, a lot of you see, you know, our hustle of the week or something we pick up on IG that we post and you're just watching it because you, you're interested. Hey, will it sell for, you know, the price that Orlando has it at or will it not? Or is it something I should keep an eye for? Mm. So I think it's going to be, I, I think it'll be a game changer, but I don't know if it's going to get the same results as Posh. That's just my own opinion on it. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll never know until it happens. All right, so I thought this was interesting. I, I'm always impressed when reselling makes it, I guess, mainstream. So 
I don't know if you saw this, but the Washington Times just did a news story about retail arbitrage on Amazon, about Amazon FBA. Hmm. And they talked about uh, Re- Reezy Resells, who's a, who's a big, really? yeah, who's oh. a big RA guy. He he does a lot of books, and and if you haven't followed him on Instagram, he has a huge following. He has you know thousands of subscribers. I mean, he's growing huge on YouTube. Um, him, the bearded picker, had that Monopoly for Millennials mm-hmm. video that went viral. There's another guy, Rising Grind Picker. There's a few others. They may have mentioned the story, but this story in the Washington Times. Like seriously goes A to Z on FBA. Wow. And uh there's you know, there's kind of two ways to look at it, you know? More competition. <laughs> okay, you automatically went there. Like I saw this and I go, Wow, this is definitely gonna open up, you know, the gates. And and you know what? Congratulations to all of you that end up in this article. Like seriously, you know, Reezy and Rise and Grind Picker and and bearded picker and all of you that were in this article, like props to you. Like it's so awesome that you know Washington Times took you know the time, no pun intended, to shine the spotlight on your accomplishments and how far you've come. I mean mm. that is pretty awesome. But yes, one of the things I did think about was like this is definitely you know gonna increase, right? Because you know the news story, right? In order to sell the news story, is is gonna show all the highlights. Right, yep. like this is how much money they made. Yep. It's the it's the social media glamour only aspect of reselling. Yeah, it's a high, now they do get into the details of it. Mm. I mean, they talk about like how much work and how much how many stores they visit and where they started mm. and where they stopped and and all those things and you know, but it does you know I'm looking at the pictures it shows them with their families and you know it's kind of like hey this will give you the life you want mm. kind of deal right so. It it's it's great as far as highlighting all the good things about recently. So I say that because I think it's gonna give us a lot more competition mm-hmm. because people are gonna go like, I need to do this. Yep. Right. I just know that most of that competition won't stick around. Okay. See, and then you get to the other side of yep. it, right? And why do you say that? Um, because it's work. It's a lot of hard work. Um, it's 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 tough. It's it takes it's one of those things where it's it's glamorous and it might be exciting for a little while until people realize like there's an element of self-discipline that I have to, I have to be able to be okay with waking up, going out, doing stuff when I'm tired and I don't want to. And and there's other things I could be doing and a more guaranteed source of income. And, and not that there's anything wrong with, with looking for a different lifestyle, but I think it's easy to see only the positives of something and, and to try it and to realize like, Hey, this is harder than I thought it was. And it's not for me. And so I think one of the, the great things about all of our listeners is people who take the time to to listen and learn and research and grow. Those are the people who are going to make it right. Mm-hmm. I don't look at them as competition. I look at them as like, as, as you know, the real hustlers out there with me. And, and yeah, maybe to an extent they're, they are actual competition, but the, the influx of like new competition, I feel like those are just waves of like, they'll stick around for a few weeks and they're going to drop off. No, I agree. Well, it's kind of, and you know, I'm gonna bring up Gary V, right? You, you're, I think Gary V is an boy. Hey, aren't you supposed to be like right here, like for the mic? Yeah, but you're talking about Gary V. So. Okay, all right. So Mike always gives me a hard time, so I thought it, I thought I'd give a little pushback. Yeah, it'd be great if Orlando would sit. Maybe you guys can let him know. It'd be better if he sat like this towards okay. the mic and actually talked to it. Maybe, maybe I need one of those coming from the ceiling. It wouldn't help because it would still be 
away from your mouth and you would that's true. Go pull that's back true. here like this and talk. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, you know, Gary Vee had those trash talk episodes. And when was that? Was that like October, mm-hmm. November, right? Yep. And he was going to garage sales like, you know, two or three Saturdays. But, you know, now Gary Vee is a multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. So obviously he wasn't going to keep that up. But Again, like there hasn't been a trash talk video in months, yep. right? Because it, it's all hustle. Like getting out there takes time. Now, Gary V obviously isn't out there just because it's too much work. It's because he has a bunch of other things going on. But we all have a lot of things going on, right? And so I do think, you know, I look at the title, right? The title is called Flesh and Blood Robots for Amazon. They raid clearance aisles and resell it all online for a profit. Now, right away, there's a flaw in that title. Because if you all know, if you raid the clearance aisles, you don't always sell it online for a profit. No. Right? Clearance aisles is where you tank a lot. Yep. Right? You lose money on. So, you know, I do think it's going to create another influx. I don't know how big it's going to create an influx. I think Amazon, FBA is like the cool thing right now. Mm. It's like the gangster thing. Like, you know, I'm going to make, I'm going to scale, I'm going to get my Lambo and my Mm. Ferrari and, you know, and all that. But I think it's going to take some time like for, you know, eventually people are going to go like, yeah, this, it is work. You know, there is, there's no, you know, Amazon FBA, you know, maybe you do private label. Maybe it's a little bit of passive, but is, it is a grind. Mm. So anyways, I, I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome in the sense that it's, you know, again, validating what we do, you know, as something that's valid. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, all right. So, hey, props to all, you, all of you that ended up on the article. So awesome. Read about your successes and, and the way you've just been able to just level up your standard of living. So it's good stuff. All right. I wanted to talk. So this isn't like a current topic. It's not in the news. But I had a great conversation uh, with uh, on IG with Thrift to Freedom. Okay. So IG handle. So Thrift to Freedom, he's been reselling for years. I want to say it's been eight years that he's been reselling. And, you know, I, I, I had, I put on an IG story at one point about like, you know, do you, do you track your selling? Like I need to make this amount of money every day or every week, or every month. Right. Do you do that at all? Um, I'm not yet, but I do have a number that I'm, I'm wanting to get to, you know, by the end of the year, as far as how much I want each month. Okay. So his name is Robbie. Okay, his IG handle is Thrift to Freedom. So that's the word thrift, and then the number two, and then freedom. And he's been reselling for about eight years. Give him a follow. Like he, you know, his IG stories crack me up because he has like this ring uh, camera, and you know his post guy like is taking out garbage bags and stuff that he sold, and mm. it's just it's just great to watch. But you know, he saw this IG story, and he, you know, he goes, you know, I don't try. And he goes, I don't. He actually said, I don't. I don't have a weekly or a daily sales goal because it's a moving target, mm-hmm. but I have a listing daily and weekly goal. That's good. I mean, that's, that, that shows you, you can only have a goal for what's in your power, right? And, and listing is within your power and sales aren't. And I think when you look at a macro level, you can have like a yearly goal that makes more sense, but daily it's too much fluctuation, but what you can control is what you list. And I know I've been reselling for years, but I got to tell you, like that resonated with Mm. me because, you know, now it's full time. I'm always like, I got to make this amount, Mm. you know, be be able to pay bills and do this and that. But then this, I was like, this is powerful. Mm. Now, maybe a lot of you that have been reselling for a long time already knew this. And I kind of knew this. I knew that you constantly have to be listing. 
But I never thought about, hey, not stressing about the daily or the weekly goal, but more about, hey, making sure I meet my listing goals. So it just it was very inspiring. So if you, ha- if you haven't had a chance, you know, follow Thrift to Freedom on IG. You know, he's been reselling for a while. He understands the game. He has some awesome IG stories about, you know, the other one was, did you know that dry erase markers, like if you have a permanent marker on an item, it doesn't, I've tried it with shoes, it doesn't work with shoes, but like on a metal item or something, if you put dry erase over it mm. and then you you wipe it down after, it, it takes away the permanent marker too. Did you know hmm. that? Uh-uh. That was new to me. I didn't know that. I mean, I've seen other people do it. Like, I've done it on TI calculators, but it works on other surfaces. Wow. So not saying it's 100%, but try it out. I give mean, it a shot. Yeah. Give it a shot. So, all right. So that that's our uh, topic. So, wow. So, hey, send offers, Washington Times. It's pretty all over the place. Now, I know everybody wants to know the bolos of the week. Bolo. <laughs> you should just record yourself saying bolo. And then, like, repeat it, like, bolo, 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 bolo. <laughs> Okay. So, I, okay, I'll share with you my bolo of the week. So, bolo of the week. This should be bolo of the two weeks because we always do these every two weeks. What do we call it, bolo of the week? It just sounds better? Just, just bolo. Our bolo. Our bolo, okay. Is, and this is going to be, I, again, I keep saying this, but the right kinds of Vans and Converse shoes. So, let me give you some context. Because you're like... <laughs> Back with the vague stuff. No, Here's but, my bolo. Profitable items. No, we're not going... I just want to help people because if I get too specific, you may overlook something. So I'll give you some examples here. So there's two ways to look at it. One is vintage, right? So if anything says made in the USA, if it's a Vans or a Converse shoe, pick it up, mm. right? Because that means it's probably vintage. I mean, do your research... But, for example, at Goodwill, I bought three sets of Vans shoes. Uh, I want to say it was like two years ago. Did I share this already? I don't think so. Okay. So three pairs of Vans shoes, and they had the box with them, and they all said made in the USA. I bought each of them for $12.99. First pair sold for $340. Second pair, I think I sold for like $200 something. And the third pair, I still haven't sold. But, Mm. man, I never, you know... I never even would have thought of that. I, I saw it somewhere else. So it wasn't like I figured this out on my own. Like somebody had said, keep an eye for, you know, made in the USA shoes. So I'm sharing it with you guys again. And the same thing with Converse. Like if you find, you know, some parcel, it says parcel on it and it says made in the USA, like it could be money. I've also sold newer van shoes that were like limited edition, like a certain event van shoes were made for. Mm. And I've sold them. So there was one that was like, there was a surfing event in Hawaii and it had that event like in the insole. And I bought the shoes for 10 and I sold them for 150. Mm. Right. Or there's co- collabs, right. Collabs always help. So I know so quick, ship quick. They had just uh, shared, they sold a pair of Dr. Seuss vans uh, for I think I want to say it was like close to seventy dollars wow. that they picked up for like ten dollars. I sold a pair of Jungle Book vans that were like dirty and and not great. I picked them up for like I think four bucks, and I sold them for fifty dollars. Yeah. And I picked up. It's interesting. I picked up. It was either Superman or Spider Man vans, and at that same thrift store were like three other superhero vans. And I was looking at the comps at all three, and only one of the ones with the, you know, Spider-Man or Superman was actually worth money. So even then you have to be, do yeah, your you research. You got to do your research still, but it's just some, one of those that, you know, even if, even if they're dirty, like still research it because, you know, due to the value. So, oh, here's another one. 
one was like uh, all the um, female villains from Disney movies. So like Ursula mm. and I, I don't know what the one in Snow White is called, but, you know, all, all of those characters, uh, you know, Cruella DeVille and mm. so on. Like a pair of those vans I sold, I want to say it was, or maybe I didn't sell it. Maybe it's still, I can't remember. But I looked at comps and I picked up for five and they're selling for like 60 to 70. Wow. Some are selling for like a hundred. So just something to keep an eye out for. No. That's our bolo. So what do you got? What do I got? Um, I've been learning a lot about uh, female genes. Um, okay. So that's been- I find that's a tough, tough one for me. Yeah. I mean- and it's not something I feel like I'm, I'm definitely not an expert in. Um, but it was interesting when I, when I married my wife, one of the first things she said, um, was I don't like, I don't spend a lot, like a ton of money on makeup. I don't have, I don't spend a lot of money on jewelry, but I, but I buy nice clothes, right? Like I buy, okay. I buy name brand clothes. And so yeah, at least she was up front. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I knew that going in because I didn't, that was not something like I was very much like, I'll get my clothes at like the little like store that you drive by and it's like, Hey, they got shirts for $5, nothing over four ninety nine, Right. And like, that's where I like buy my shirts and shorts. signs of a reseller. Yeah. Well, kind of yeah. like our upcoming podcast. Yeah. So I, I always bought super cheap and I, over time I've learned like, okay, there's definitely a big difference in quality of, of, of certain clothes. But, um, so I knew when I started selling a few brands, right? Like there were, there were some brands that she wore. She, she wore Hudson jeans. She would wear seven for all mankind jeans. She would wear miss me jeans. And, and so when I would see these, like I would, I'd pick them up and I've learned even more about them. Like, um, I would pick up, so seven for all mankind, uh, do pretty well for us. We sold quite a few of those. And I was at a, a thrift store and I'm like, Oh, here's some, some seven jeans. Cause people a lot of times just call them seven jeans. And I pick them up and I bring them home. She goes, Oh, those are seven jeans. And I was like, yeah, it's good. Right. Like I got them. And she's like, no, no, no. Th those aren't seven for all mankind. Those are seven. That's like a nice. knockoff, like, like, like a, like a Walmart brand. So you're all like, I was proud. super stoked. Like that. I got yeah. some seven jeans and it was like, nope, those are so seven for all mankind. And then the one that, that has been doing really well for us is miss me specifically. So my bolo is going to be miss me jeans with all of the rhinestones intact. So like miss me jeans oftentimes have like rhinestones, like on the back pockets, um, and different designs, maybe sometimes on the front pockets. And I've, I find them often at thrift stores or garage sales. And there's like big chunks of the rhinestones that are missing that have come off. Will people still buy with the rhinestone missing? They will. You have to disclose it all. And depending on how, if there's a few missing, yeah, but it's really easy to just see that tag and be like, oh, sweet. And the pants might look good, but there might be like a whole little like quarter size section of rhinestones that are missing. And that, that decreases the value quite a bit. So if you can find one that's got all of the rhinestones, um, in intact, uh, Pick those up. They're worth it. Okay. Miss me. And I knew about Miss Me Jeans, but I just didn't know all that. So yeah. Check the rhinestones. Good. Check the rhinestones. Yeah. That's, you know, and again, we're hoping with the bolos, like if you ever have anything you come across as part of your Hustle Week bolo, always share with us. Yeah. Let us know. So, wow. And again, there's so much out there. So you always got to make sure you're researching. Got to be learning. All right, I think we are done with this episode. Well, what are you looking forward to? Oh next wait, week? see, I'm just I'm so thrown off. Like I was ready to go. Be real, be real, reselling. And let's be ready for next week. So, <laughs> okay. what are you going to be ready for? Um, I am meeting with my tax preparer next week. I feel like you've been talking about your tax preparer for a long time. I know, time. but I finally like decided that it was time. Mm. And you're going to eat that frog. I'm going to eat that frog because I need to know how much I got to pay the big frog. Mm. 
Because, you know, that that's the part I just, uh, I, I got to tell you, I really have a hard time. Did you just refer to the IRS as the big frog? They are the big frog. Like, oh. like I don't know. I, I go back to the days of like, imagine what it was like before income tax, before the 1900s. You know what I mean? Like, like no, like plumbing there, or electricity. No, there or... was plenty of that, but there was no, <laughs> the, no, but this income tax where it's like, hey, if you reach a certain level, you got to pay more and so yeah, on. Like, yeah. That's rough. I mean, there's definitely a punishment for working hard at a certain <laughs> level, right? Yeah, I, and I just, I, I just struggle with that because again, I, I'd rather put that money to good use, and you know, anyways, we can get into the whole, you know, taxes and all that. But you know, anyways, I'm not going to go down that road. But it, it just hurts, and so I wanted to kind of eat that frog and take that blow and go. Mm-hmm. Let's see how hard I have to work in February and March to be able to pay that by April 15. And go with, it. and maybe already I'm good, and and I won't have to work any, you know, do any extra work to make more profit. I mean, yeah, because I mean, maybe you're stressing out about it, and you'll come to find out that you don't really owe as much as you think you do. Or? Yeah, well, and that's the thing because, and this is what I tell you: if you are part time or new to reselling, like what you have to understand is, you should always keep records of everything. And I know I say that, but what happens with tax time, you got to start early. And the reason I say you got to start early is because your CPA, you know, whoever you use will say, Hey, I need you to find out information on this. I need you to find Mm -hmm. out information on this. Check out this deductible. Because if you go to them in, in April, you're going to start running out of time. Right. It's it's not like a, you sit down with them one day, you're done. 100%. 100%. No, it's not. Not at all. Like, mm-hmm. it, in my in my experience and with other resellers, like, and there's some resellers that are really good about bookkeeping, and it is at one time. Mm-hmm. But there's others that, you know, need to be told, like, hey, I, you know, you're going to end up being paying, you're going to end up paying a lot more because I need this information. So you have to go back, get that information, and it might be a multi-step process. Ugh, that sounds terrible. So, and maybe it's just because I'm not, a, and I'm not as organized as Mike, but... I'm not as organized as I like as I like to pretend to be. Yeah, I, I I let things slip and things you fall a week behind and then a week turns into two weeks and then next thing you know it's it's a nightmare trying to get caught up. But no, I have got the right intentions. Okay, so the, I guess I would say that's what I'm looking forward to. Nice, I like that. How about you? Um, had something. Ooh, here it is. This is not resale related and it's also resale related. Um. <laughs> So it is. Kind of. Okay. I'm uh, planning on going to Disneyland tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. And so it's it's not resale related in the sense that um, I'm not going to be doing any reselling while I'm there, even though even though there are like, you know, people who do that. Um, I think Disneyland. Oh, you mean like really my products to resell? Yeah. yeah okay. Um, I'm not promising I won't. I don't know. Maybe I'll find something there. But um I get to do stuff like that. Like, I mean, I've always, I've never not been able to like take my family to Disneyland a couple of times a year if I've wanted to, but being able to do it with a certain amount of just like freedom, right. Of knowing like, yeah, we're doing it. We're going to eat whatever we want to eat while we're there. We're going to go crazy and I'm not going to stress out about money because I work really hard and this reselling thing is paying off and it, it allows me to do trips like this, even though I'm pouring 95% of the, the income I'm getting from reselling back into more capital and reselling. Um, occasionally, you know, you got to treat yourself for, for, for doing well. One thing I heard a person say that was really good is, um, treat yourself like 
um, like you're your own, like you're the employee. And so you're also the boss. Like, so if you were, if you worked under somebody, how would you want your boss to treat you? And, and so, um, you got to treat yourself that way. And so occasionally that's a day off or here's a little bonus. You're, you're a good worker. I'm going to reward you. And so if you're your own boss, you need to treat yourself like an employee should be treated. And sometimes that's with, you know, rewarding yourself for nice. hard work. Yeah. Proud of you. That, Thank you. That is awesome. And that's one of the things we want to, want to tell you guys, like, one of the reasons, well, the main reason we do this podcast is to help you level up your standard of living. That doesn't necessarily mean full time. That means being able to go to Disneyland like Mike's doing. Like, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember the first time I bought season passes to Disneyland from recently money and going, wow, this is actually working out. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited for it. It might rain, so that's It's even be better. No, that's better. You'll be uh, with the lines are a lot fast. Listen, the best time to go to Disneyland is when it's raining. Yeah, maybe. I'm serious. I cannot stand the rain. Trust me. You're going to go on so many rides and the lines are going to be so short. You're going to be thanking the next time you go. I don't, I'm not really like just like a ride person. Like if I want rides, I'm going to Six Flags. I know, but you know, your your son's going to want to go on the rides and enjoy them. But I also want to be able to like walk him around and like let him do stuff and in and out of, of a car seat that's covered with rain ponchos and ugh, sounds terrible, but it's going to be fun. Let me tell you this. I, I was it's never debt free. It's going to be. Yeah. Well, debt free. It's going to be free in the sense of like, I have emotional freedom because I'm not worried about the money yeah. because reselling. And then, um, you know, man, being a dad has totally changed the way I look at Disneyland. That's for sure. Okay. It's really cool to be able to go and just see my son excited about things. Like I, I geek out now about characters that I never did before. It's like, oh my gosh, it's Mickey Mouse. Like, fuck Mickey Mouse. I'm, I'm telling you, Disneyland stuff. is the place where no matter what you've done in your life or who you are, you always feel good at Disneyland. Never really did before I was a, a, a parent. Like, it was just like, meh, whatever. But now it's, it's a game. Now, yeah, 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 I, I totally get it. All right. Hey, with all that being said, thanks for following us. Thanks for listening to us. Make sure you're being real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Ladies. Ladies.